Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. Our guest today is Matt Clapp from the comeback and awful announcing. Denny's just uh, tweets a lot about the Cubs, gets a lot of interesting responses. We uh, talk about that and honestly just what is wrong with the Cubs? And it pretty much takes the whole episode, so... Um, you can follow the podcast on the Apple Podcast app and get rate and review it. That'd be great. Love to get some five-star reviews. But yeah, here is, uh, Matt and this was an interesting one. Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I wish it was under better circumstances for the Cubs, but, you know, we got to talk about what's going on with the team and yeah, it's not going well. No, it's not. Uh, their same issues keep showing up over and over and over. Uh, this has been going on for years now, even when they were winning a lot of games to go with it. Um, they're just, you know, they, they really, really struggled to put the ball in play. And now it's even on pitches that are right in the strike zone. So um, I don't know, like are they a team built on on base and slugging and right now they're not slugging nearly enough to go with it. Basically they're just depending on some walks here and there and uh, you know, hitting the occasional mistake for a home run. So it's not pretty right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to find Chris Bryant looks better. So that's one positive thing, but yeah, the rest of the team is just, this is like, I mean, I guess if anyone's been following on Twitter, this is record-setting inability to hit by the Cubs. They've never hit this bad over a 12-game stretch ever, which is kind of hard to hard to believe. Yeah, like uh, today's game was against Corbin Burns, who is just nobody's hitting him right now. So mm-hmm. that's you know that 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 one's understandable, especially because Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras didn't play, etc. Um, and then. You know, yesterday they did get three runs, uh, but, you know, only one against Woodruff, Brandon Woodruff, and that's okay, too. He's, a, he's another ace. These things happen to everybody, but, you know, when you're totally getting shut down, you know, making Freddie Peralta look like a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. over and over, and when uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates look like a you yes. know, World Series contender against you, like, that stuff can't be happening. And, you know, it's, it's one thing if uh, – you're hitting the ball hard or grinding at mm-hmm. bats and this and this doesn't happen, but there's just been so many non-competitive at bats where it's like everybody just kind of looks like they're doing their own thing. And uh, yeah, it's really unacceptable. I think in a lot of ways, especially to start the season, just their hitting approach does not look, it's just not acceptable enough. They're not grinding and they're not really up there uh, being competitive enough at all. Yeah. And there's some, you know, like a Rizzo, you know, this is usual for him. He's usually slow out of the gate. You don't worry about him. But like a Baez, we've been talking about on the internet. I've been talking to you a little bit about this. But his whole, you know, he's not hitting pitches that he used to hit. Those fastballs down the middle, 
chain like you know hanging breaking pitches and his approach isn't getting better and it's just you know what do we make of this situation with Baez yeah I actually just tweeted about all this uh, about an hour or so ago that um, he has one walk this year which we know he doesn't really ever do that but he has one walk his strikeout percentage is 44.7 which is second worst in the majors his contact percentage is 48.3, uh, which is by far the, the worst. Like that's like eight percentage points worse than anybody else. His contact percentage on pitches in the zone is 56.3. That's easy, easily the worst. And I think that like zone contact percentage is the scariest because like, I think years ago when you would talk about Javi Baez, you would think, uh, oh man, if this guy could just get pitches in the zone all the time, he would just put up crazy numbers. It's that he you know, he swings at too many balls and he chases too many sliders and he's not hitting pitches that are right there to hit now. Uh, so that's, I think, particularly concerning that he's not taking advantage of it's, it's been a lot of fastballs right in the zone too. Um, like I, I feel like the league has adjusted to him. Um, he's seeing just a lot of like belt high fastballs and uh, pitchers are throwing harder now too, as part of the thing. So his amazing back bat speed, we always heard about, is you know not as effective and he's just trying to hit everything a mile and it's really hard for anybody to do that when you're facing pretty good velocity that's mm -hmm. you know belt or letter high so uh i think he what i really liked that he was doing for when he was uh succeeding for a couple of years is he would go with that strideless approach and shorten up and go to right field more um like and he still had enough power that way like he can yes. still drive the ball out of the ballpark and right now he's just trying to hit everything. He's hit, I think, three homers. He's connected on a few, but um, it's way too many just totally not competitive, uh, easy outs for any pitcher that can execute at all. And they know that. And uh, especially with runners in scoring position, you just got to you got to shorten up a little bit and try to hit a line drive somewhere, even a blooper somewhere sometimes can score a couple of runs. So, yeah, uh, I think he's just gotten way too out of his he, he's gone back to his like really early habits his rookie year habits and he's even walking less than then too, which is kind of concerning too. So yeah, it's almost yeah. like he's regressing. Right. Isn't that what you want to see? Yes. And I mean, he's got a big contract to play for. So, yeah. uh, I mean, you'd think that he would be doing everything to try to fix this. Uh, you know, last year he was going on and on about um, not having video, video yeah. available and all that stuff. And I'm sure that was a big thing, but like right now he looks like the last person in the world that's, watching video or adjusting so oh no i'm kind of wondering uh <laughs> what he's taking from that and if he's gonna really take all that seriously and start making some adjustments so yeah. well the other thing you know this spring and again this every year we say don't get like fall in love with spring training numbers and we ignore it every year but jock peterson i mean the difference between his spring and the start of the season is like he can't do anything right right now and i mean what is up with that yeah he kind of fooled me too i mean it's still really early um and again they're facing aside from the pirates Elite, they have yeah. faced some good pitchers and stuff so i'm sure that's that's some of it but um yeah he's striking out it looks like as much as ever really in his career so far uh, it's like once they put on this uniform um, the same kind of, kind of things happen. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought he would at least be a guy that 
would kind of would give you basically what Kyle Schwarber did, but with a little bit more contact and a little bit more athleticism. And after what he did in the spring, I was thinking, hey, maybe this guy is going to finally, you know, put it all together. Like he's shown at times with the Dodgers. He's, you know, he's known for Jocktober. Mm-hmm. He's got like an 850 OPS in the playoffs. Like he's he's hit some really big pitching and some big home runs. So, uh, you know, you thought maybe if he got an everyday chance here, it would come together. Maybe it still will but he's looking exactly like everybody yeah. else right now. So yes. yeah, that's concerning. And uh, yeah, otherwise they're the exact same team as all the same issues as before mm-hmm. with another guy now doing the same stuff. So. Yes. And then, you know, this is a guy, I feel bad picking on David Bodie because I think he's been overpromoted past what he should be doing, but we're getting a pretty uh clear answer about him being a full-time starter I just don't think it's gonna happen for him yeah uh, he's he's a really nice step player and utility player but um, I think if you try to make him your everyday second baseman or third baseman you're gonna see a lot of stretches like this especially against the I mean the Brandon Woodruff Corbin Burns type pitchers are especially rough on him he just has Mm -hmm. a big hole on any velocity that's, I mean, if it's like 92 belt high, he seems to have pretty much no chance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the league's probably figured out his tendencies a lot. And he's somebody that you really want to play in matchups um, and, you know, really pick and choose your spots and bring in for defense or a pinch hitting spot later. But yeah, if you want to try to give him a 500 at bats and make him your lockdown second baseman or third baseman, uh, you're going to see some ugly, ugly stretches, I think. And a lot of the same, again, the same problems as the rest of the lineup, somebody that does walk a lot, but somebody that really struggles to put the ball in play, especially when you're looking for it with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, pretty good power, a lot of walks, a lot of strikeouts, not nearly enough contact. Like it's just this profile, really everybody, but I would say Anthony Rizzo and like Jason Hayward all carry the same mm-hmm. kind of profile where they've got pretty good power but they and walk a lot but you cannot you know count on them to get a base hit in a you know certain spot and all that so yeah same old story basically yeah and i mean i guess we have to talk about nico horner like he would you know he's young and he might not put up the kind of numbers but i mean it's pretty clear once the service time issue is over that He'll probably be the starting second baseman. Yeah, I think he'll be probably the starting second baseman by mid-May, early June, something like that. Um, You know, the whole reasoning behind it, like you said, it could very well be the service time. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that (laughs) that reasoning may make a little bit more sense if they keep uh, playing as they're playing so far, where that extra year of control may outweigh trying hard to win a few games right now, you know? so I'm, I, I'm sure that was definitely a big part of it and maybe all of it. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's ready to hit major league pitching for sure yet. Um, he, we have to remember he had like hardly any minor league time Yeah, none. last year, got totally wiped out. Um, and now he's at the alternate site without a triple A season either going on, you know, I, I, it seems like it's pretty organized there and he's probably still going to face some good pitching, but still he's been robbed of a lot of minor league games. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to come right up and hit major league pitching yes. and major league breaking balls. So I also do get that part of it. But then you also wonder, you know, are you going to 
there's the other side of it where are you going to learn how to do those things without facing mm -hmm. those things? You know, yes. do you need to face good major league pitching to be able to face? Yeah, major you could you could crush triple A pitching forever. Right. You still have to face the big leagues. Right. You're not going to see a major league slider down there. So we don't know if you can hit that until you're up doing it in the majors or if you can lay off of it or, you know, all those things. So, um, yeah, I think he what he'll at least do for them is he'll at least put the bat on the baseball a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and he'll at least grind like, uh, you know, Bodie had that very predictable strikeout today, I think, yes. with runners in scoring position where, yes. you know, you feel like Nico Horner will at least uh, – Put the bat on the ball. Hit a sack yeah. flyer, hit a ground ball, get a run in, you know. Yeah. And even if he's only got like a 650 OPS or something, there's ways he can help this team right now, I think, uh, mm -hmm. just because he does some things that the rest of the lineup doesn't really do at all. Mm -hmm. And um, you've got like an Eric Sogard. Right. Hap's going to – or Hap. Um, Warner's going to have a lot more pop in his bat than Eric Sogard would. Right. And he's much more likable, so – well, yes, there's that. <laughs> That's the additional fact. Exactly. There's that, too. Uh, and you actually have a reason. It's somebody that you're building around, you know, so it's a it's a good thing. And I think that uh, when you have a, a pitching staff that's so ground ball and soft contact yes. oriented, um, you want your best infielders on the field. I mean, that's mm -hmm. this is how the starting rotation was built. So you better eat up a lot of ground balls. And I think David Bodie's. I mean, <laughs> His defense is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life yes. where he makes plays that, you know, like only Ozzy Smith could make otherwise, but then he boots mm -hmm. a routine ground ball right to yeah, it. Yeah, it happens all the time. I don't... So it's, it's so bizarre, but um, I think Nico has a little bit better range and is probably a, you know, a smoother, mm -hmm. crisper, um, more consistent second baseman. So I think his ability to put the ball in play and his, ability to eat up ground balls will um, probably benefit this team more than he would mm -hmm. a lot of teams. So yes. he can still struggle and he can still, still upgrade us. this team because of their flaws and their, you know, strengths at the same time with the pitching. Well, uh, now, like you were saying, the, their schedule gets a lot tougher coming up. A lot of tough pitchers. But yes. the reversion to the mean, this offense will not be this bad. No offense can be. So it's kind of <laughs> like two clashing forces. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because, yeah, it, it can't be this bad um, just because it's never happened. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I just fail to believe that yeah. the Anthony Rizzo's and, uh, you know. They're not the worst well, baseball yeah, team of all time. Exactly. Anthony Rizzo is not going to keep, I don't know what he's hitting, but it's probably like 130 or something right now. Mm -hmm. um, this is up and down the lineup. Like, even if these guys do have all these flaws, they're not that bad. Um, obviously, like they're once they still get everything go. I mean, at the end of the year, you, you think even with all these flaws, they would probably still end up at least in the below average area. I mean, mm -hmm. not like league worst. You would think. I mean, the contact rate and the strikeout rate; those things are going to remain. But you know, they'll hit their home runs and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they. I, I looked at their upcoming schedule and. Like, as of now, Jacob deGrom and Marcus Stroman are a couple of the guys in the mix. Like, I think they face mm -hmm. maybe Woodruff and Burns again in a couple of weeks. Like, they're going to face the Reds, so then they're probably going to face Louis Castillo or Sonny mm -hmm. Gray. I mean, Tyler Malley looks like, you know, another Nolan Ryan versus yes. them. Uh, 
and I think they got the Dodgers then after that. Like, yes, they're not really going to catch any breaks. And even if they actually do start hitting the ball, they're going to be facing um, much better lineups than they've been seeing yes, yes. with the Yelichless Brewers and the Pirates mm-hmm. when they're facing the Braves, the Dodgers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you would think, like you said, you would think just the regression to the mean on things that they would start drifting more towards at least like borderline career mm-hmm. numbers or get some better breaks. Like, I feel like, I feel like even the bloopers or the errors and they're not really getting any breaks yeah, not to go with. Yeah. I mean, I felt in, like yeah. they had one inning against the Brewers um, last night where they hit like three that I thought may fall and they all found gloves. And mm-hmm. Some of that's the defense, but a lot of this is just how it's kind of going for them right now. I mean, what's their batting average and balls in play is like, well, let me look that up. It's, it's, comically low um let's see like never that. gonna happen for a whole year yeah low, it's, like very low it's 198 yeah. um which you know like let me look for past seasons i i, I mean they, they consider the league average for this to usually be like 300 yeah um and two let's see tw- 2019 the worst one was hang on i'm sorry this is taking a while that's all right I mean, defenses are getting better, but not that much better. Right. Yeah, like the worst in baseball was 280. So, yeah. I mean, even the, the teams that are really unlucky or getting into the shift a lot or not making good contact, you're still going to put hit like nearly 100 points higher than they are right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even if even accidentally they're going to start hitting better. Uh, even if they're not necessarily earning it and all that but yeah I mean the schedule is going to be so tough where even if they do start hitting better are they going to prevent runs are they going to keep Mm -hmm. up with these teams so who knows I think that they're you know I think they're going to keep drifting into this 500 area but uh, maybe with some better hitting luck too yeah so let's talk a little bit about the pitching which has been the better aspect but Still not great, but um, you got Kimbrel, so that's one thing. Yeah, he looks awesome. Uh, they finally got the prime-looking Craig Kimbrel. I mean, he's just been putting absolutely ridiculous numbers together going back to last season. I mean, September of last season. Um, I, I tweeted those exact numbers last night. Yeah, going back to September 30th, 2020. He has thrown 13 in the third innings, allowed three hits, mm. no runs, walked one, which was yesterday, uh, mm. and struck out 23. Yeah. So, I mean, th- these are just absolutely ridiculous numbers he's putting together. And his velocity, I think, is still climbing a little bit back up from where it was in the spring, too. So, I mean, his stuff looks great. And, you know, then it's a matter of <laughs> what are you going to do with yeah. him? Uh, he's looking like a great, great, you know, trade ship. Yes. Too. And what if there's a team that really wants a closer right now, a contending team, and they say, you know, let's say in early May, yeah, uh, I, I'm guessing, yeah. Well, what if they come calling and say, hey, we're going to give you this package for, mm-hmm. you know, five months of this guy rather than what you're going to get for only two months of him on July 31st? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if you're Jed Hoyer, you got to think about that, right? Yeah, do you kick off the kick off the sale early? So right, because, 
especially when you've seen him struggle a bit, like you mm-hmm. run the risk of what if that comes yeah. back? I mean, try to sell high. Exactly. But, you know, it's all it's, it's hard, hard to do that when you have a team that I'm sure the players are telling themselves that they're a contender. Yeah, they are. So, but even if we're trying to, before the year, we all tried to convince ourselves they were, but the division right. is bad. But still, yes. Yes, the division is the whole reason that they're potentially still a contender. You know, um, I don't really like today. I would not pick just pick a single team to win 85 games. Mm -hmm. Like I'm guessing somebody will probably end up doing that, but I'm not going to like point to the Brewers or the Cardinals or the Mm -hmm. Reds or the Cubs and say, they all have their own 85 plus. They all have their own flaws. Right. For sure. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think with Kimbrell, it would be pretty hard, I think, to pass up a good trade offer on him if, if Jed Hoyer gets one pretty soon because you risk either regression, which, and we saw yeah. him turn into like the worst reliever in the league for, yes. you know, a little bit. Or, you know, you never know if there's going to be an injury. So, uh, yeah. I think that they're going to be tempted to sell high uh, sooner than later mm-hmm. if, if this keeps and going. The, yeah. And the problem with all the hitters. Right now, you'd be selling very low, and I don't know if they'd be able to, other than maybe Bryant. Yes, yeah, I think Chris Bryant looks normal. That's the one. That's the one positive in this whole thing is that I think Chris Bryant looks back to being, um, well, basically how he looks when he's healthy. I yes. mean, uh, there's been a lot of. That's always yeah, been help. Yeah, like. Uh, Last year, it sounds like he was playing through a lot of stuff. I mean, that's been the case a lot in the last few years. But um, I think when you're seeing what he does look like when he's 100% or close to mm-hmm. it. Uh, Which is another thing that could hurt him come contract time because, like it or not, health is a skill. Yes, that's – I mean, that's all why I'm kind of scared of what to do with him in the Cubs position. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would love to have Chris Bryant. For a long time because um, he's an incredible baseball player when healthy yes. but is he going we've seen so many just knick-knack things where mm-hmm. um you know this isn't like questioning his toughness or anything but mm-hmm. he's one of those guys where if he is he's almost too up, tough yeah yeah i mean if it, exactly he's played through a lot so uh but he's one of those guys where it definitely impacts his game like he needs everything mm-hmm. to be right it's it's like a pitcher with mechanics you know chris bryant needs everything yes to be in place for him to, to hit how he hits and play how he plays. Uh, some like Javi Baez seems to be able to play through kind of anything and be the same kind of guy. Some guys are different, you know, mm-hmm. um, Chris Bryant needs everything mm-hmm. to be right. And you worry because he's had a lot of knickknack things that, you know, is that going to keep happening as he gets older? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is that there are so many good corner players, so many good third basemen in baseball where you can always find like a Mike Moustakis mm-hmm. or, a, you know, a guy that can be like a two, yeah. two wins above replacement kind of player. Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Exactly. You can find, you can find all these good, these good or pretty good kind of players that are um, much cheaper or can do the same kind of thing without that kind of commitment. So it's tough. Like you would like to have Chris Bryant. And I mean, I wish Tom Ricketts and the ownership mm-hmm. would just, spend every yes. dollar they can of course but we're living in a reality of what they're working with and it's hard to see the cubs giving chris bryant a big contract um 
making the most sense with what their resources are going to be. Mm -hmm. So that's what sucks. So I think I'll, I'll let me ask you this. If you got to pick one of the core guys that are coming up for resigning the next year or two, you had to pick one. If you're the Cubs, who would you go with? Uh, <laughs> well, I guess it all depends on what they're going to cost. Yeah, well, if I knew, if I knew let's how. Let's say to... we're in the you're in the Cubs situation. Okay, resource wise. Yeah. I think Anthony Rizzo just kind of lines up as the one, um, the one, at least the most likely one. Um, but I say that also while being concerned that. He was very mediocre last year and mm-hmm. he's struggling again this year. So is he declining at all? Like I, you know, I think it's way too early to say, um, but I'm a little concerned about him too, you mm-hmm. know, cause he's not really hitting. Um, but I just think he's kind of always been their guy and mm-hmm. he was, you know, the start of the whole core and rebuild and he's the guy that they can, you know, they can always just point to him and be like, well, we kept somebody around, you know? Exactly. And I also think, um, I think that the next wave of the Cubs competitive teams are going to have a very different offensive profile, Mm -hmm. which is much closer to his, which I think they're going to be targeting players that actually strike out less and put the ball in play, you know, almost go back to a bit of a more old school kind of thing. Um, where they've just gotten like too far away from that. Um, but I think he's just, he's the model of the kind of hitter that they want to build a lineup around. So even if he's not ever a superstar again, or he's not what he was even, you know, two years ago, uh, I think it's going to be a situation where they find it to be a match and for him to kind of lead their next um, offensive attack. Yes. So that would be my guess. But, you yeah. know, I would like them to try to keep all these guys ideally, but, mm-hmm. you know, living in reality and with the concerns and the dollars these guys yes. are going to understandably be looking for. Uh, uh, I, I feel like Rizzo lines up at the most likely. I, I thought Baez was more mm-hmm. like that entering the season, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think there's too mm-hmm. many red flags right now. And yeah. He's exactly what the kind of offense they're trying to move away they from. Move away so from just, yes. uh, but like, the one I would make that I'd make the case for, but you could tear all these cases apart too is uh, Wilson Contreras, because his position is more valuable. And he's getting better at the framing. So that's what I would make my case for. Yeah, I think Wilson's definitely somebody that they would like to keep. Um, He's another one that has some of the same contact issues, Mm -hmm. but he's a catcher and, you know, he he mashes for a catcher. And I mean, that home run he hit last night was insane. Like he, he flashes that here and there and you know, you're usually going to get 800 OPS from him. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a catcher, he hits like a, like a star third baseman, you know what yes. I mean? Um, and he draws walks. Right. He it. does draw walks and he, he takes a lot of hit by pitches. Yes. Even if some of them he's not trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think they would like to keep Wilson and I, it seems like everybody has a respect for him in the locker room and the pitchers are um, increasingly, you know, respectful of him. Yes. So I think he is, and he's so athletic back there. Yes, he, he has all the physical still skills. I think the nuances he's mm-hmm. still learning, um, and the framing, like you said, he's he's coming along there. Like, uh, I think they would like to keep him. Again, it's probably going to be a matter of um, dollars, yeah. and we'll see. And if in another situation where if some team comes calling for July thirty first or whatever, yeah, yeah like uh, 
I don't think, you know, he's untouchable or anything. So I think it's going to be all a matter of how he's being valued, um, you know, across the league, really, I think. Yes. All right. So I'll ask you one more about this. The pitching staff in general, bullpen, you know, starters. Who has been a pleasant surprise from the pitching side? Oh, well. Or is there been one? Um. I feel like I'm spacing on side. I, I will say that Dylan Maples and Rex Brothers have looked much better than I expected. Um, mm-hmm. I was one of the people mocking uh, <laughs> them being carried on the roster yes. out of spring training. Um, but like Dylan Maples, he's still walking about our inning, and mm-hmm. you know, but he's done a really good job striking guys out, and his command at least looks a little bit more. Uh, it's not as wild thing crazy. You know, like mm-hmm. he's at least kind of around the plate, getting some swings. And Rex Brothers looks like he might actually be like a competent, mm-hmm. you know, bullpen capable lefty. I wasn't sure about that. Again, it's really early, but I will say yeah. that they've looked um, pretty sharp. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are um, holding out hope for the Shelby Miller experiment, but <laughs> that did not go very good today. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> I tweeted earlier today how I was glad that I didn't jump on that, uh, you know, that hype train because mm-hmm. I was just kind of, uh, I was in, I, I need to see it in real games for myself before I, yeah, yeah, I mean, and it looked uh, really bad, but uh, you know, it's, it's been a long road back for him and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's one game. I'm sure yes. that he was having big time butterflies. So I'll give him a pass mm-hmm. sort of, you know, but um, I mean, but, you know, just looking at his baseball reference page, you kind of hold off on like, yeah, I'm going to need to see it in a real game. Right. Exactly. And, you know, like you could see he was throwing like 94 and you can see mm-hmm. some stuff there. Uh, and he, he's a guy that can give you innings if yes. he could actually get outs. Uh, and, you know, he's somebody that was maybe even going to be in the depth starting rotation. Somebody gets mm-hmm. hurt kind of situation. Uh, but yeah, it, it's clear that that's going to be, that's going to be something that takes some time. And I will say that I think in the situation that they're in, uh, maybe you do just kind of keep giving chances to pitchers yeah, like see. this, though, because, I mean, what do you what do you really got to lose? Well, that's the one games, that – But, you know. Yeah, the whole thing with um, Dylan Maples that I never got was not even much as much Dylan Maples, but why would you give up on Underwood? That didn't make any sense. Uh, that's the one that bothers me the most uh, because – that's a guy that, I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but I think he was striking out like 10, 11 per nine, walking like two and a half per nine uh, the last couple of years. He had some, you know, rough ERA and mm-hmm. FIP and all that kind of stuff. But you could see that he had, he had the ability to miss bats and he was somebody that could actually throw the ball over the plate like mm-hmm. a, an acceptable pitcher. Yeah. Um, whereas, I mean, they're dead last in walk rate right now. They, yeah. They're second in strikeout rate bullpen. This is bullpen I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, their second strikeout rate only behind the Yankees, but they're dead last in bullpen rate. So yes. it's, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's hard to really be like a top five to 10 bullpen that kind of way mm-hmm. when you put on that many free base runners. Uh, well, also, it seems like the past couple of years, they've started out with just complete garbage bullpens. And then by the at middle of the year, they figured it out. But how many games have you, giving up the first half of the year because you don't have your bullpen set up right. Oh, absolutely. Um, we know one thing that 
isn't their own doing is that Rowan Wick's hurt and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Rowan Wick has been the best reliever, you know, at least most consistent. Kimbrell's obviously the best now, but mm-hmm. you're talking the last two, three years or whatever, he's been their best reliever. And he's somebody that uh, he's just kind of, he's, you can see just that, that presence about him. And he's somebody yeah. that you want out there in the big moment. Like he, like he's just got that mound presence and that ability to throw strikes and not get bothered by the moment. That is something that's so hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're definitely missing him because right now it's basically Kimbrel Chafin and then trying to figure out who the heck else yeah. belongs. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I like Jason Adam quite a bit. He's been striking out guys with mm-hmm. massive K numbers over the last two years, but again, he's, kind of a wild card that you don't really know too much about uh, yeah. Brandon Workman was Brandon Workman was a top five reliever in baseball two years ago well and, he hasn't impressed me so yeah he, he hasn't he's been he's been bad he was he was bad in the like dozen innings the, the Phillies got from the yeah. Red Sox uh, and after the trade from the Red Sox last year so it's what what is he you know and that that's a situation where I would like to give him some innings to find out for sure because yeah. again if you lose a game right now, it almost feels like, oh, well. Uh, and two, you want to know if you have some big trade chips yes. for July 31st. Or you want to know if you have somebody that you could like trade K- uh, Craig Kimbrell. And then you could say, well, maybe I can throw Brendan Workman or Jason Adam or so-and-so yeah. into the ninth inning role, the eighth inning role, the seventh inning role. Yeah, maybe so you want to know what you have in these guys. Um, yes. But yeah, I don't really know what they have in those guys. Mm-hmm. That's the scary part. And I do like some of the guys that they have on the fringes and, and on the farm right now. Like I think Trevor McGill could maybe be mm-hmm. a guy. Like there's going to be a guy at the alternate site or wherever that in like two or three months, I think is going to emerge as a solid bullpen piece. But like yeah. you said, um, it really hurts you when you go like half the season figuring that out. Uh, that's not a place that you want to be. Like I do think that you know, maybe not if Kimball's not part of it, but in a few months, this bullpen would look pretty solid. Uh, and it looks mm-hmm. okay right now, but you know what I mean? Like, I think it'll be it'll a bullpen better, that you yeah. can kind of trust. Um, and right now, I just don't know. And another part of the thing is with, like, Alec Mills, you don't know what to do with him because mm-hmm. he has to start here and there, and you kind of want him to be a long-inning in- guy um, instead of somebody to get three outs. So, yeah, I, that's one spot where I, I don't really envy David Ross's position. No, no. You know, yeah, it's not a fun position to be in. So, um, right. I'll, now of course, if people don't follow you on uh, Twitter, out of the blog finds your Twitter account, um, you get some interesting responses to your tweets, <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of replies, like <laughs> all of us that write stuff, none of us get replies like you. Maybe Evan Altman, but uh, I don't think Evan, Evan Evan would even tell you that. I mean, he even mocks mine. I think I I, I know I bring it on sometimes for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I think part of it is that I do engage with a lot of people. I know I know that there's a lot of people that I I probably shouldn't engage with, mm-hmm. um, and I do it almost as my own entertainment value. Uh, but yeah, there are there are some interesting um, people in there. Yeah, I mean, if you asked Evan or Brett Taylor, I'm sure they get a lot too that they just ignore um yeah but yeah there there are definitely some some interesting mm-hmm. ones that get in the mentions um and yeah i i have fun with it like 
there are some where I just roll my eyes, like, oh, come on, people don't actually think yeah, People this. don't actually believe this, but... You don't actually believe this. Like, you don't think that Chris Bryant sucks or that, mm -hmm. um, that Kyle Hendricks is bad because he had one April, you know, awful April adding in. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and but you have to remember that fans are reactionary in the moment. Um, so I, I, you know, I always keep that in mind. And uh, but yeah, it it, <laughs> it is a hellhole sometimes looking in the mentions yes. during games. Uh, well, I know something. It's horribly wrong now because you're agreeing with some of the yeah the replies you're getting. You're saying yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm agreeing with some of them. It's it's bad when. Uh, uh, that's probably a bad sign for myself that I'm agreeing with the trolls, but it's mm -hmm. also, um, it's a worse side for how the team's playing because there's no, exactly. you know, this isn't a, there's a lot of times where you can go to analytics or some yeah. um, certain numbers that will tell a story. Of, yeah, you know, actually, it's not look. as bad as it seems. Yeah. Yeah. He's not just this guy. Oh, this guy's only hitting 220. Well, okay. But he has a 350 on base percentage mm -hmm. and he's slugging 450 and he's a depth player. Like, like David Bodie usually, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, but when they're all hitting 100, or you're watching them just not be able to put the ball. In play, yeah, like, this time when they're none going, of this is anything. None, none of this is anything fancy. Like they're just not yeah, hitting when the baseball. When they say they're the worst hitter ever, you're like, well, yeah, statistically, yeah, yeah. Like some of it, there's getting there's a few unlucky hits or some bad bat or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they're just not hitting the baseball. Period. They're not they're they're not acceptably having, you know, good enough at bats and. These are things that you don't have to be some baseball nerd or spend two hours on fan graphs and see. Like it's right there in front of you. There, exactly. It's just bad, bad offense. You know. So I guess that is probably why then me and the trolls come together because it's impossible not to right now. Exactly. So um, I'll let you uh, plug all the stuff that you're doing about baseball on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So I. Um, I mean, I'm a managing editor and writer at thecomeback.com, which is basically just all things sports and pop culture, all that. And I also am an editor and writer at Awful Announcing. Uh, it's all part of our same network, Comeback Media. So I end up writing about lots of, you know, basic sports stuff and sports media stuff. But, you know, baseball is my honey hole. And I do like this time of the year where I write a lot of, you know, when I'm working, which... I'll be doing, you know, five times, five plus mm -hmm. times a week, writing on the comeback. I'll be writing lots of baseball stuff. Uh, and it is fun to nerd it up a bit and dig into fan graphs and baseball references and all that. Uh, like I was saying, if I'm writing about the Cubs right now, you don't even have to do that. You just, mm -hmm. you just, you just, just point right to the batting average. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for coming on my uh, podcast. And I hope to, Maybe you'll be back on with a good stretch of Cubs baseball at some point. Yes, I hope time. so, too. I really, yeah. really hope so. And I really appreciate you having me on, Sean. Thank you for being on. I am on Twitter at STH85. Matt is on Twitter, as we mentioned, at the blog finds. And you can email questions or anything you want to say to Holy Cow pod at gmail.com um yeah the cubs are not playing good right now it's a long year and maybe this will be the start of something good maybe they'll spark somehow and hey we'll be here to cover it no matter how they play so might as well play good cubs